Hello, and welcome to Create You, the personal growth and development podcast that will help you break through to better results in your life, work, and relationships. I'm your host, Jeremy Flagg, and thank you for joining me. If you interact at all with other human beings, then conflict is unavoidable. There seems to be no end to all the tension we experience in our marriages, our families, our relationships, and in our workplace. The worst part is, when we seek advice, we're given strategies that work for a moment, but not for a lifetime. So maybe it's time to start thinking differently about the source of our conflict. What if you could relieve all the relationship tension you're struggling with by interrupting the number one most destructive thinking pattern that's always resulting in conflict? And what if you could end a very large percentage of personal conflict just by remembering to ask yourself one simple question? Well, you can, my friend. So listen to this episode, and I'll show you how to resolve the heart of conflict so that you can experience more love, joy, and peace in your world. Hello, creators. Hey, it's your host, Jeremy Flagg, welcoming you back to another episode of Create You. In fact, it's not just any episode, it's the 20th episode. That means we've been doing this for a little while. So, man, 20 episodes. I couldn't imagine that I would have been here so fast, but uh, hey, that's what you get when you're working twice a week, and I hope you're enjoying the fruits of my labor. Thank you for listening Thank you for being a part of this journey with me. I know that I've got lots of countries involved now, lots of people from all over the the world, and I just want to thank each and every one of you for you know, taking time out of your busy schedule to listen, to grow, and to make yourselves better because when you create you, then everything around you changes. You know, your life changes, your work changes. Your relationships change because you are the common denominator in all of those locations and places and areas of your life. And that is why this show is called Create You. Because I know when you change, everything changes because that's how it's happened in my life and that's what I've always wanted to pass on to you. So thank you for listening and thank you for being a part of this journey with me. Hey, If you are enjoying this podcast, don't forget to leave a review for me in the iTunes store. I might have some surprises for those who do uh, review in the iTunes store coming up next month. I'm thinking about giving away some stuff here in the month of giving in December. And, uh, you know, I might be giving it away to those exclusively who register an iTunes store rating and review. So, uh, you know, if you've got your name in the hat over there, then kudos to you. Hopefully I can hunt you down and find you. And if you're using a nickname, I have no idea who you are, then I will just tell you who won in the drawing on the show and uh, and make sure you have your your name in the hat by putting in a review for me in the iTunes store. You can get a link to that in the show notes or just go to the iTunes store, search me, my name, Jeremy Flagg, and you'll find me in the podcast area. If you're subscribed, then all you have to do is in your podcast app, press the show artwork and you'll have the show notes right there. And I have a link for you that says, please rate and review the show in iTunes. I can tell you that I would really appreciate it because it helps to elevate the show and the status of the show in the iTunes store, which means worldwide, more people will be able to have this message of empowerment right at their fingertips, just like you do, and have more great people on the show uh, that are listening just like you. So 
let's get into today's topic. Today, we're going to be talking about the real source of relationship conflict and how to resolve it. You know, there's a lot of conflict going on. And if you haven't noticed, conflict is unavoidable. If you woke up this morning and you were on the planet and you interact with any other human beings, then conflict is probably unavoidable because there are going to be disagreements. There's going to be disagreements among friends. There's going to be fights among spouses and loved ones and partners. And there's going to be tension among friends and coworkers. A quick glance at any of these major news sources that we uh, you know, give all of our attention to, maybe just Google re- a conflict resolution, and you're going to see articles like this. Uh, that, you know, they're labeled 10 Rules of a Relationship Conflict Resolution, you know, and, and, and 14 Ways to Resolve Conflicts and Solve Relationship Problems. And, you know, that's a lot of, by the way, that's a lot of points, right? 10 points, 14 points. It's because conflict is is multidimensional and there's a lot of things going on. But if I'm going to give you 10 rules, you know, like no yelling and no cussing and, you know, no bringing up historical evidence, things like that, you know, in relationships, uh, 14 ways to resolve conflicts and solve relationship problems. I'm writing these things to you because I think that you don't already have what you need that you already don't have the strategies within you to have a successful disagreement or an argument or a talk, right, with someone. And I I already think that you don't have what you need, so I'm going to hand you some strategies. The thing is, these strategies maybe, hopefully, lead to more respectful exchanges between parties, but most of the time, they may work maybe one or two times when you've got your brain full of these, you know, cheat sheet ideas for how to make your conflicts better. But in reality, they're not going to be the thing you think of when you're already upset in the moment and your emotions are taking over and you're yelling things in anger. It's just not going to happen. Instead, what I'd like to do is I'd like to get to the heart of the conflict. I'd like to show you what all those articles and all those conflict resolution experts and psychologists neglect to tell you. It's simple because the opportunity for conflict arises between two people because of differences of opinion or preference. It's really that simple. There's going to be conflict because there's going to be a difference of opinion, a difference of value, a difference of preference, a difference of priority, something that we might not agree on. Now, now when I have a disagreement with someone, I can only escalate it into a conflict when one or both of the people involved make a shift in the way they see the other person in that moment. This is super important. When you're in a conflict, you know it's going to come, right? I mean, something happens. Maybe you're talking to somebody, everything's going great, and then, bam, they drop something on you that bothers you, that you disagree with, that you think is just deplorable, and you don't know what to do next. Right, so you usually just get you you start avoiding maybe a conversation, maybe you freak out, maybe you move to another room, maybe you actually yell, maybe you just come right at it and be confrontive. That would be my style, uh, you know. But you know there are all kinds of different ways we might deal with something that comes up that we notice in someone else. But when we're having a conflict, we are having a moment where we have shifted the way we see the other person. Because that's what's really going on. An opportunity for conflict happens when we have a difference of opinion, preference, priority, or something offensive takes place. 
Now, a disagreement can escalate into a conflict only when we start to shift the way we see someone else. So when I was growing up, let me give you a really vulnerable story here. So uh, not something I enjoy sharing, but something I can share with you because I, I, I want to help you move forward. And I want you to help help you see what I'm talking about. When I was growing up and going through puberty, that tr- the dreaded phase of puberty, um, as a young man, I remember being extremely attracted and distracted by the female form. I'm not sure men, uh, even you know, uh, older men, have gotten past this, but I mean, as a young man, I was keyed in. You know, I got the hormones rushing. I was constantly distracted by looking at women's bodies. Extremely attracted by the female form. Now. I would, I mean, sitting through long, boring lectures in high school gave me a lot of opportunity to look at other girls and, you know, stare at their bodies and daydream about touching them. I mean, it's it's a joke, right? We see all these joke movies where these, you know, high school boys dazed and confused, you know, and they just, you know, clock out into daydream land and. You know, uh, daydreaming about the girls that you share your uh, life with is it almost makes you know uh, high school bearable. <laughs> but one one day, um, I was talking to a group of my female friends, and I was listening to what bothered them most about us boys. And I listened to them all agree that they couldn't stand feeling like a piece of meat. They hated being gawked at, and they really disliked it. And They hated very much the fact that most of the boys their age couldn't even hold a conversation with them while looking them in the eyes because they were too busy looking down at their chest. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this was a big problem. And I realized then, as hopefully all men should now, that in order for the women around me to feel comfortable and open with me, in order for me to have a relationship that I really wanted, in order for you know, them to feel like they could open up and be themselves around me, I, they needed to be seen by me as human beings instead of as sexual objects. So I made the decision, you know, pretty right then, actually. I think I was like 17-ish. Yeah, right around there. And I made the decision that I was gonna start seeing women in my world as people instead of objects. And uh, I was going to give them the respect that they deserved and that I would like to also receive from them. And uh, as a result, my life with women has been very different. (laughs) I mean, thank goodness for it. And uh, in fact, I would say a a good portion, a a very large portion of my listening audience and my my coaching clients uh, have been women uh, because I have an extraordinary rapport with them. And I think it really does stem from this moment of time I had at 17 when I realized, oh my gosh, I can't even, you know, I can't even influence the women around me for good things if I can't see them as people and respect them, uh, you know, as as human beings. And I want to be respected by them the same way, so I need to treat them that way as well. Now, why, you know, why in the world am I telling you that story about myself? Well, Well, it doesn't make me look great, so it's not because of that. It's because I need you to make that same shift. That shift from person to object is what happens in the middle of every disagreement that turns into a conflict. And what I need you to do is shift back 
to seeing them as people. Disagreement is the inevitable consequence of hanging out and and talking to other people. (laughs) It's going to happen. We're not going to have all things in common. It just doesn't happen that way. But, you know, I mean, look, even though we have different opinions, beliefs, and thoughts about things, conflict is what happens when we make the choice, whether consciously or subconsciously, to see them as an object instead of as the person they really are. That's where the conflict really comes from. So when I talk about solving the source of conflict, when I talk about resolving the heart of of the real issue here, I'm not giving you 10 rules that you need to have in place when you have a fight. That's not what this is about. And if you need something like that, I mean, they're, they're readily available. Like I said, you could just Google conflict resolution. But what I'm trying to tell you is you're just going to keep finding yourselves in conflict and keep needing those rules posted on the wall to have healthy, quote, arguments if you don't start shaping your world differently by shifting the way you see other human beings. So the biggest question that you can help to help you shift away from conflict is, what am I seeing? What are you seeing? Because at a basic level, there are really only two ways to see other people. And that's as a person or as an object. If I see another person as a person, as a human being, then I am going to have an I-them mentality. I-them, right? But if I have, a, 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 if I see them as an object, if I see them as a problem, if I see them as a, a you know, a project, you know, if I see them as something other than human, then I'm going to have an I-it moment. Let me try to explain it to you. Because when we choose to see others as people with their own hopes and their dreams and aspirations and issues, opinions, values, beliefs, we alleviate the need to be right in our own eyes. And that's where a lot of conflict comes from. We want people to see it our way. We need to be right A lot of conflict comes from us not being humble enough to admit that we don't need everyone to see things our way. You know, we don't tend toward an argument to solve our problems when we see others as people. Arguments aren't the way we solve problems when we see others as people, other human beings. Instead, what we do is we collaborate and we find solutions together in an attempt to understand and appreciate the other person's world. When I'm focused on understanding and appreciating how another person lives and walks and moves and becomes who they are, when I'm focused on that, I can't be focused on them as an it. I'm focused on them as a person and helping them and helping myself to see the more complete picture because I'm in this such a small, you know, picture. I'm not seeing the whole frame of of what's going on. So When I choose to see another person as an object, things go differently, right? When I see someone as an object, things are going to go a lot differently than if I see them with hopes and dreams and aspirations and I try to understand and appreciate their world. No, 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 no. What's going to happen when I see someone as an object is that I'm going to start expecting them to come over to my way of thinking. I'm going to objectify them as a problem because they don't see things my way. And if I keep staring at them as a problem, it's going to be, become a bigger problem. And I'm going to keep escalating until you know the conflict gets so unbearable or so tense 
that we'll start avoiding each other or we'll just every time we see each other, we're going to get into a fight. You know, as an example uh, of one of the tasks that we all participate in on a daily basis where conflict arises very easily, I thought I'd point out driving. (laughs) And I know that might be funny to you if you are driving right now, which is kind of fun, but I am guilty of this on many an occasion. Just ask any of my family members. Uh, So I don't want you to feel alone in this. It's just something that happens naturally when you forget, right? It's hard to remember that there's a person driving that vehicle. There's a person driving that object that's getting in my way, that's going too slow, that's changing lanes right in front of me. You know, there's, it's hard to remember that there's a person there sometimes because we're literally seeing an object. And so it's easy to objectify our, our fellow drivers um, and, and see them as problems and get upset quickly because they're in your way, you know, and they're, maybe they're being unsafe. Maybe they're being reckless and you feel like your family is threatened and you start feeling the fear and the anger that comes with that. And then you get super mad, right? Because the interesting thing about driving is that, you know, we don't have the opportunity to interact with the other person and escalate the conflict with our words and with our, you know, body language. So, you know, it's truly all about us. It's really how much control we have over our own emotions and how much mastery we're displaying over how much we feel in that moment. And what it proves to you, if you understand how how crazy this can become, I mean, look at road rage, right? That's really what it is. It's somebody that got so super mad in that moment at another driver that they would follow them until they both got out of their cars and escalated it to absolute you know, violence. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? That they couldn't control themselves enough and take control of their own emotions enough in that moment to realize that nothing that they were about to do was going to prove anything except that they were foolish enough to follow the path of their feelings down to this level of basic violence against another human being. I mean, look, what I'm trying to show you is that when we're driving, what, what, what it proves about conflict and conflict resolution is that it's really all about you. Just like this show is about, it's about create you. Because the only common denominator in all the conflicts that you have in your life right now is you. That's the truth. And the conflict resolution that we're talking about is really about the shift in your heart, the shift in the way you see other people. When you see them as objects, your expectations are different, and therefore you're going to have conflict because the expectations you have as a result of seeing someone as an object are that they're not on your side and that they need to be and that you need to be right and that you're not willing to be wrong, right? And that's just a basic conflict. There are much bigger conflicts to talk about here and we might get to them in a second. But the point I'm trying to make to you is that when you are seeing someone as an object, then instead of as a person, then your expectations change. And when you see someone as a person instead of as, as an object, your expectations change as well. You shift what you expect based on how you're seeing someone in that moment, So I'm going to summarize this in a simple phrase for you, and I'm going to mention it several times throughout this episode because I want you to take it with you, and it's this. When you see a person instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. Wherever you are, say it with me. When you see a person instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. Now, of course... 
you know, when we're in the middle of seeing someone as an object, we don't tell ourselves that that's what we're doing. That's why it's so hard to identify, and that's why I am pointing it out to you right now to make you aware of what is really going on when we're in a conflict with another human being. We don't tell ourselves that what we're doing is objectifying the other person. What we end up telling ourselves instead are labels or ways to justify the way we're treating someone else in that moment. And there are three very common ways we justify treating others as objects instead of people. And the first one is as problems. We objectify people by treating them as a problem. And this is simple as, you know, you know, somebody has uh, walked into your space and bothered you, distracted you from doing your work. You see them as a problem, so you immediately treat them with the what, right? <laughs> what, what? Why are you interrupting me? What's going on right now? Is this necessary? You know, move out of my space, right? I mean, that's a, uh, it's a quick, simple, easy way to see how we can see someone as a problem. Um, but it can escalate to something much larger, and it has in our you know, human history, um, problems that need to be fixed. We see, you know, that's what racism is, guys. That's what it is. It's seeing, you know, another human being with a different skin tone as a problem. I'm not really sure how you solve that problem other than, and that's what has been happening throughout history, you know, people thinking that they can eradicate a problem that they have blamed them, you know, uh, cultural divides on as, as, you know, as, you know, long ago as probably 20,000 years and as, you know, close as, you know, World War II, as the massive extermination of Jews took place. I mean, you know, this is what happens. We reduce a person to an object and then we start seeing them as a problem. Religion does a lot of the same things to us. It helps us see where we divide and where we're different more than it helps us to see how we're all the same. And when we are disunified as human beings, it's much easier to have lots of conflict between us that may result in escalations of violence in certain locations because we are seeing each other as a problem instead of seeing each other as a human being. Big deal. So problems are num- probably one of the number one ways we see we justify treating other people as objects. Uh, another way we justify treating other people as objects is as a project, <laughs> as a project that needs to be worked on. So this happens a lot in marriages. Um, I see a lot of marriages where either the wife, probably most commonly the wife, uh, you know, sees their husband as a project that needs to is in training. Right. <laughs> like they're training him to behave a certain way. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes husbands do the same thing uh, in their marriages. More, most often we see children as projects as well. You know, like, oh, we're just, you know, working on this project, trying to get them to move forward. The problem is they're not projects, they're people. And when we treat them like anything other than a human being, they feel it. Uh, and that results in conflict. Same with, um, Workplace, like internships, I see this a lot in the workplace when I'm uh, coaching corporate clients. Uh, Internships or uh, reports to them. They might reduce them to a project that has to be worked on and developed and changed and molded and trained instead of, you know, seeing them as a person and treating them as a human being. And it does feel different. And I know you know what I'm talking about because when you've been on the receiving end of being treated as an object, you feel the energy from the other person. And that's what causes the conflict. That's what helps it to escalate. 
So we justify treating others as objects instead of people by calling them problems, by seeing them as problems that might need to be fixed. We see them as projects that need to be worked on. And the last thing we might do is see them as possessions that need to be owned. This is a huge problem uh, in our world, has been for many, many thousands of years uh, of recorded human history. I mean, let me give you one example that you're probably not expecting, and then we'll head to the ones that are pretty obvious. But when we see people as possessions that need to be owned, sometimes that happens a lot in parenting. I know, right? It does happen. It happens in parenting quite a bit. Um, We, as parents, see our children as like we have ownership of them, but they're really we really don't. We've been trusted to manage the growth of these human beings into adults. That's the real gig. That's what it means to be a parent. We've been trusted to lead them and to love them into a path that's going to make them productive, beautiful, strong human beings that can contribute to the world around them. That is what it means to be a parent. It does not mean to be the owner of another human being. We don't own anyone. And when we shift into ownership of our children, strange things happen, right? Expectations shift. We start treating them like, you know, cattle (laughs) instead of as children uh, that have their own will and their own, you know, ways of thinking and their own, you know, opinions and, and dreams to arrive at. And we start treating them like we can just tell them what to do. That's a problem. Wouldn't you agree? And it creates a lot of conflict in our parenting, and it's simple. Uh, it's a simple way to see it, but it's not a simple way to execute, right? Letting go of the need to see your children as a possession is one of the hugest things you could shift in your parenting. I mean, seeing people as possessions leads to misogyny. It leads to the hate of women, right? Uh, women have been owned uh, by men in their minds for many, many years. To this day, there's still lots of um, deference to males as leaders all the time in relationship. There's a lot of conflict because of the different ways religions have painted a picture of marriage. Um, I grew up Christian and I know that there was a lot of conflict with the way that, uh, women felt, uh, it was preached, you know, that they should be submissive in their marriages, uh, which leads to this strange ownership issue between men and women and the misogyny that exists in our world today. Uh, And then slavery, of course, was a huge blight on humanity uh, that still exists and people uh, are not aware of it at at the level that they should be. Worldwide, there's still millions of people enslaved, men, women, children, um, all over the planet, uh, either through, you know, you know, indentured servitude in some countries uh, to sexual slavery uh, you know, the, the sex trafficking that's happening all over the world. It's a huge multi-billion dollar industry across the globe, uh, and it's very, very difficult to eradicate without a multi-thronged effort. But uh, one way we could uh, seek to eradicate it would be to understand that that exists because of the posture and the heart of the people towards others as objects. That's what's really going on. When you see someone else as an object, then you can just treat them any way you want because they're just an it to you and not a person. Because the fundamental issue is that every person is a person. Every human being deserves your respect and your love and your belonging because they are who they are. They exist. Therefore, you treat them as a person. 
If we only see the people around us as problems, as projects, or as possessions, then we're missing out on their humanity. We're dehumanizing them, and we're expecting everyone around us to bend to our will instead of honoring the will in them to choose their own preferences in life. Because expectations are the true issue here. Remember, when you see a person instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. Say it with me. When you see a person instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. There's a simple equation that expresses how our expectations affect our happiness. And the equation looks like this. When life conditions equal your life expectations, everybody's happy. In other words, when the conditions and the circumstances of your life, the external ones, match the internal expectations you have for how things should be going, you are a happy person, right? That's not hard to see. But when the equation becomes out of balance and things don't go exactly as we expect, then things are not well with us. We become unhappy, right? We get agitated, frustrated. And our self-focused tendency is to bring the equation back into balance by changing the conditions. In this case, we're talking about relationship conflict, so it would be like persuading the other person to see things our way because that's the condition in this relationship that's not matching my expectation, right? And you want to have them see things your way. It would be like you know being at the dinner table, ordering a pizza, right? With uh, maybe it's your second date, you're ordering a pizza, and you say, well, well, you know, what do you like? Uh, And they say they only eat cheese pizza. And you're like, oh my God, I can't believe this, right? I mean, I eat everything on the pizza. I throw everything on it. If they have a Supreme, I take it up a notch and add the extra toppings on the bottom of the menu, right? And you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to have a cheese pizza and be happy with this, right? So you start to try to persuade them, and you say things like, "Well, don't you miss the flavor in your pizza? And don't you, uh, you know, don't you want to have other, you know, things? Maybe, maybe more healthy options on your pizza besides just cheese." And you start making stuff up, trying to persuade them, manipulate them, so you can have the pizza that you want. Uh, you I'm just making up something, but you get my point, right? When things don't go like we expect, our natural tendency is to try to change the conditions, the external stuff that we think is our serious problem in the moment. But when that doesn't work, then we start treating them as something instead of someone. And that is a problem, Right? We start reaching into our bag of tricks and trying to manipulate everything, trying to get what we want. But what I'm trying to show you is that we could just has easily made the decision to alter our own expectations of a situation of this whole pizza thing, right? And bring the equation back into balance for ourselves, right? This, of course, requires us to be present in this moment and be aware of our decision And every decision that we're making in the conversation, it means having emotional mastery. When you feel yourself getting frustrated, it means your dashboard light's going off and it's telling you conflict is about to arise. So it's time for you to shift your expectations and make sure you still see them as a person. That's the number one thing. Keep seeing them as a person, not as a problem that needs to be fixed, right? Not as a a project that needs to be worked on, not as a possession that needs to be owned, not as something that needs to be manipulated so it can meet your own needs. It's the discipline of deciding for yourself to operate 
in this way, right? And and it's it's deciding to forego the you know uh, the immediate pain of changing yourself so that you can have the long term peace in a relationship. That's what's so important. I mean, what what's going to be worse, the pain of the regret we feel after we objectify somebody, and the escalating conflict that resulted based on what we did, or the pain in the moment of taking a deep breath, stopping yourself from going any further and realizing that you just need to shift your expectations and dial it back, right? That's what's really going on in a conflict. It's that decision that we make within ourselves, usually subconsciously, but now I'm pulling it out of your subconscious and I'm making it conscious for you. I'm making you aware. Awareness is a huge part of uh, growing and developing yourself and becoming more of the person that you really want to be. Uh, but it's not enough, and that's why I'm trying to show you how this works in real life. Remember this. When you see a person instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. So much of what's happening in our relationships comes down to that manipulation factor. But maybe, maybe, instead of manipulating uh, my friend, my partner, into uh, the pizza that I want, maybe... I can invest all that energy into, you know, manip- all that energy that I'm using to manipulate the people around me into manipulating myself. In fact, that's how I define maturity. Maturity in my world is the ability to manipulate yourself to meet the needs of the people and conditions around you. Let's say that again. Maturity is the ability to manipulate yourself to meet the needs of the people and the conditions around you. That's what it means to grow up. It means that when you're fully mature, you are able to monitor a situation and realize that you can manipulate the way you feel to show up and be your best in every situation so that everyone around you is getting the best of you. Immaturity, though, is the act of manipulating the people and the circumstances around you to meet your own needs. Do you see the difference? Immaturity is the guy who sits at the table on the second date and tries to talk his date into a pizza that she doesn't want, all because he wants to feel accepted instead of rejected based on his pizza preference. Instead of just ordering two small ones and taking whatever's left home, (laughs) right? We have this insecurity in us that makes us want everybody, everything to agree and everything to be so fancy and fine and everything is going to be great. But the security and the maturity comes when we realize that not everybody's going to have the same preferences, tendencies, and values and beliefs that we do. And that's okay. And I'm perfectly okay with the way I feel and believe about things. And I'm open to seeing things differently. You know, I'll leave you with this quick story. One of the biggest breakthroughs I've had personally. And one that I hope you have too, and one that I've walked a lot of my clients through in my coaching relationships is the shift in seeing our parents as people. You know, a lot of us grow up with the ideals of what we think perfect parents should be. And then when we get older, we begin to see how our parents made a lot of mistakes and caused lots of pain in our lives. And as a result of their bad decisions, we had to deal with some serious consequences. And then what we're left with is this super unbalanced equation, right? The conditions and the expectations 
They leave us angry, maybe frustrated, focused on maybe what our parents should have done to make our lives better, in our opinion, instead of what actually took place. But, you know, a breakthrough comes when you shift your perspective and when you see your parents as people instead of as problems, right? When you see your parents as people instead of as parents, parents is its own label. It's an it, right? It's not really, it's a thing. It's not really a a category of person. It's just a label. Labels are genius ways that we human beings justify treating other people as objects. Uh, And we're not talking about labels specifically on this show, but maybe I should do a show about that in the future. I'm going to write that down so we can talk about labels because they are destructive in most cases and much more destructive than things that we might be able to do that uh, can discipline us in better ways to to be better people. Uh, why we resort to labels is because we're justifying how we're treating someone else in an improper manner. You know, our parents, though, when we see them as people, we realize that they too had hopes and dreams and aspirations for how they wanted life to go. They had to learn through their decisions and their experiences just like we did. And they're just not perfect. They never were. They never have been. They never expected to be. So why are we expecting perfection from those parents? Well, it's because we've been making them objects. Parents, are you are machines, right? <laughs> you should be perfect. But, but we aren't perfect. And uh, when we're expecting anyone else to be perfect, it's because we are insecure in the way our own lives are going and we're just incorrectly seeing them. We're shifting them into objects instead of as human beings. Perfection just can't be expected. But when we see parents as people, we stop objectifying them and seeing them as something other than human. And then we can start to understand them and appreciate them and appreciate their world and how they grew up and where we came from more and fully, completely accept them as they are instead of as the people we wish they were. It's a big deal. I hope you have that shift and that breakthrough one day. And I'm just going to encourage you to take a simple step for yourself today to apply this to your life. I want you to look at the conflicts you're having in your life right now. I want you to shift the way you see the conflict as an opportunity for you to grow. I want you to look at the conflict you're having right now in your life as an opportunity for you to grow. And I want you to decide as that mature person decides to see others as people See them as the people they really are instead of as the people you wish they could be. Instead of as the objects that you expect them to operate as. Instead of as the problems that you think need to be fixed. Instead of as a project that you think needs to be worked on. Instead of as a possession that you think you own. Change what you expect by shifting them from an object to person. See them with all their hopes and their dreams and their aspirations and their passions and their purpose, you know, and their issues and their opinions and their beliefs, just like you. You've got all that stuff in you as well. Change what you expect by shifting from object to person, right? Keep peace in your relationships this way. It's not going to be easy, right? But it doesn't have to be hard either. All you got to remember is this one thing. When you see a person instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. Say it with me one last time. When you see a person instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. 
Wow, I'm gonna, I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed uh, my take on relational conflict. And I hope it helped you to see that there's just one simple shift that you have to make to really keep the peace in your world. So I'm going to wrap up today with this quote from one of my favorite books called The Anatomy of Peace. I'm going to recommend it highly to you. If you have listened to this episode, then you are interested in this subject and you are going to absolutely love this book. It's called The Anatomy of Peace and it's written by the Arbinger Institute. You can find it on Amazon.com. I highly recommend it. In fact, it's recommended uh, required reading just about for all of my coaching clients. And one of its quotes inside the book is one of my favorites on this subject. And it says simply this, seeing an equal person as an inferior object is an act of violence. Remember, conflict is the result of seeing people as objects instead of fellow human beings with hopes, dreams, aspirations, issues, opinions, values, and beliefs just like us. If you find yourself in a conflict, ask yourself, what am I seeing right now? Am I treating this person as an object or as a fellow human being? And then just make the shift. Because when you see a perfect person, excuse me, instead of an object, you can easily shift what you expect. Wow, have a breakthrough day, my friends. Handle this conflict in your world by shifting what you expect from others, shift from seeing them as objects, and see them instead as people just like you, and you are going to have breakthroughs in all of those relationships. I guarantee it. Have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. For more tips about how to create the life, work, and relationship you love, just head over to jeremyflag.com where you'll find lots of free resources and notes from this episode. Don't forget to share your comments with me. I'd love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review for me in the iTunes store. If you're listening on Apple's podcast app, just click anywhere on the show artwork to reveal the show notes and click the link that says, please rate and review the show in iTunes. Your feedback is appreciated. If you'd like to continue the conversation, then please like me on Facebook or follow me on Twitter and be sure to use the hashtag CreateU. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining me today on Create You, and be sure to check in with me next time when I'll be talking about the secret force that shapes your success. It's not what you think, and you won't want to miss it, so be sure to subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud to get free delivery of every episode. Until next time, this has been Jeremy Flagg, reminding you that you are a creator. You don't need to react to life as it happens to you, because you have the power within you to create the life you love today. Now go and create you.